And welcome back to episode 280 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast here And I'm going to be joined by Clay, joined by Brandon, doing things on my own All these things going on here in episode 280 As I said, we have a bunch of books now The problem is, is that it seems as if the whole Marvel line's being eaten and regurgitated out by Null and the King in Black And... As we had happened during, say, the War of the Realms uh, Some of these tie-ins, some of these things have gotten a bit too much for me I'm bored, I want to end this whole deal I, I And I'm still actually talking about King of Black I was not uh, crying out for help there, but possibly I was I don't know, but yeah, this this King of Black stuff is really starting to get me a little down. And I'm not talking about the main book. I'm not even talking about, say, Venom. I'm talking about just every book being taken over by it and all these things. And when you're already, you know, two and a half months or so into an event and we get more number one tie-ins that are just standalone things, I it's just too much. It's way, way, way too much for me. So... There will be some books where I said I want to have almost all the books on the podcast. That's going to have to take a little back seat, back seat till this King of Black is over. And then you're like, but Jim, then there's Heroes Reborn. Well, we'll see what that's all about when we get there. But we'll start off all in with that as well. I like to give it a chance. Now, also, as an all in deal and whatnot, uh, this past Episode uh, 279 That's the X-Men episode where I talked about Wolverine and X-Men I, I ended up getting frustrated in that And frustrated in the way that I keep thinking I'm gonna Get things to start clicking with me With the X-Books jumping in with You know, Hickman stuff I ended up yelling and screaming and saying That I'm not gonna go back and read anything From the past, well of course after I got done I figured that I sounded silly And I am actually going to deep dive. Now, this doesn't really have anything to do with anything except me and my lack of free time. But I am going back and reading a bunch of what is considered, at least by the one site I looked up, uh, crucial X-Men stories. You know, these things. It was just one. The first thing that popped up, like, you know, when you have somebody, hey, why don't you sit on my let? You know, that sort of joke. So. When I ended up getting frustrated on Monday and yelling, I just want to see if you were listening and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to do my due diligence, though. I get lazy sometimes, so it doesn't always work out. But before we get into the books tonight, which will include such things as the Avengers, the uh, King and Black Thunderbolts time, Power Pack, Gwenom versus Carnage. Right? Yeah, we'll... we'll Get into where you can find us. Go over to the Twitters at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you right back. We'll follow you home. We'll peep. We will. Go over to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. News, reviews, previews. Go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience. Get a ton of shows. 
for each level of support. Give us some encouragement. And some of the things that we did just recently, a Venom, uh, Venom, a Fantastic Four uh, movie review podcast from 2015. I can sum it up right now. Garbage is what I say. Also, you can end up going right now and listen to the X-Men animated series a podcast we ended up doing on both part one and two of the Night of the Sentinels. The part two just came out, as well as a bunch of other Marvel, DC, indie stuff, and manga, which I know is much to the chagrin of my man Kyle. We'll hear from him later. We have some mail this week. It's been a while since we had that, so we'll be going through that as well. He don't like the mangas, he says, but we'll I'll try to convince him a little of that. But With all of that being said, let's go off where I'm going to start off this whole podcast by talking both the Avengers and the King and Black Thunderbolts. Avengers number 43, written by Jason Aaron, art by Javier Garon, colors by David Coriel, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. The fiery cosmic force known as Phoenix arrived on Earth in search of its next host. It teleported several of the Avengers along with other heroes and villains to the White Hot Room. Now those chosen champions are being empowered by the Phoenix Force and pitted against one another in trials by combat to determine the new host. The Avengers left outside of the tournament continue their fight against the Phoenix, who appeared to Thor in human form and hinted at a familial connection. And the Phoenix Force said, Thor, I am your mother. And he has issues with that. You have that in here. But anybody here care about this book? Because I don't see any hype at all. This is a thing that I think Jason Aaron thought was going to be big. It's been nothing. And even with that, I don't even see people guessing who's going to end up being the Phoenix Force. I don't hear people intrigued by any of this because the issues play out pretty much the same way and not well. It ends up looking great. Javier Garon's art is spectacular, fantastic, but it still seemingly is a book that is just here so that we can see various characters get the Phoenix Force in kind of like a cheap way of playing this instead of having a tournament and then the end oh my god there is say namor as the phoenix force you end up with these battles having each one imbued with the phoenix force you know when they're fighting each other 
And it's now too long. This is not a wow factor anymore. And actually, I look and I get bored. And it's crazy to have this great an art and something that is in your face action over and, and it just you almost are desensitized to the action and the characters being imbued with the Phoenix Force. And usually you'll get like that one big fight. And in this, it is in Chernobyl. It is with Black Panther versus Wolverine. Wolverine was pissed, almost like saying the fan's voice through himself, saying the Phoenix Force is an X thing and you guys don't, it doesn't belong with you. Well, if you were of that mind, you're going to be pissed off because Wolverine gets defeated. Now, with that, most of the fights usually end without seeing that finishing blow, without seeing any real ending. And a lot of times, the only way that we know who really won is because they end up showing back up in the white hot room. That has not been utilized at all either. I mean, Jason Aaron, each step of the way in this whole arc, he's just been doing nothing except possibly sitting there saying, wouldn't it be cool to see uh, She-Hulk fight Valkyrie? Yeah, do it. And And then you just get this... Dialogue back and forth that means nothing really, where it's almost like Jason Aaron. Now he's, I'm going to show you how great I write She Hulk. Oh, I can get Valkyrie. I know Red Widow. And by the end, I'm bored. I'm bored every issue. And this is ridiculous to be bored. And with that, even the first fight, you have Wolverine fighting Black Panther, and it comes to the surface level, you know, Adamantium versus Vibranium versus. And I'm like, really? That's that? And what ends up really saving and winning the day for Black Panther is, get this, he has a vibranium grill. He's like Paul Wall back in the day. Paul Wall, I say. And so you're like, really? And and again, a lot of times you're confused. Again, who won? What happens when you lose all this? Now, at least you get a little bit of that, but it seemingly is Wolverine goes down. But it's not even like, oh, my God, that was awesome. I can't believe it. Like, it ends up like... If you're a wrestling fan, you end up watching them wrestling. And a lot of times, it's not who wins or loses. You know what I mean? That's predetermined, as this really is anyway as well. You know, Jason Aaron knows who's going to win. But it's the fight. It's the match that you want to be impressed. Oh, my God. Both of those put it all out there. That was great. There's nothing like this here. Even at a point where, say, on Easter Island, you have She-Hulk versus Valkyrie. As this is going on, there's like a big atomic explosion. It's almost like, again, a video game gone wrong because it's not very exciting. But then with these weird triggered set pieces and things, we go off then the Stonehenge and it's Black Knight versus Red Widow. Red Widow basically tells Black Knight, you're nonsense. You don't deserve the sword impales him. And then that's when we actually see, you know, a repercussion of losing where Black Knight ends up teleporting materializing outside of avengers mountain also with american eagle uh where you have blade oh my god we need to teleport uh black knight to triage here but also hey american eagle are you ready to fight what's going on who did you lose to and he's like oh my god i lost to shauna and and i'm like really because we didn't even see that this issue i mean at least show us a little bit of it even if we saw it last just show us a little he just ends up losing, showing up, and you know, Blade, hey, uh, can you still fight? Because we got fights going on. And then you see 
you know, the big battle going outside that is against Namor's, you know, crazy. Ch- so there's just everything is thrown at you and nothing feels important. Nothing feels big. Everything feels incomplete. It's nonsense. I'm going to say that a hundred times you end up having the Phoenix say, hey, Thor, you know, I'm, I'm your mom. He's like, no, I don't like that. Well, you're going to have to face it. Eh, we really don't get any resolution. This is a lot of just meandering. This is a filler issue through and through in a arc that is filled with filler issues. You end up having Jane save Thor at one point, grab him, and then say, hey, if I'm holding you and you're holding Molnir, does that mean that I am worthy? And Thor says, unhand me and knocks her away. I'm like, all right, that, that was awesome right there and then we go in the white hot room and namor continues his nonsense listen here he's yelling to cap and get this people namor is bad he'll break bones and hearts uh to get this phoenix for us he wants it he's gonna take it that's gonna spell trouble for the surface and so then you end up having shauna show up and we know i guess you won you ended up american eagle but i guess it wasn't that tough and then you have the Red Widow show up, then Black Panther, and they're all standing around. You end up with shit. And then it's fights on again. And again, nothing hits. Nothing feels like it means anything, even to Jason Aaron writing. He feels like he's just like, ah, I'll throw this shit together. Pardon my French. And then we'll get to the end. Because again, I don't even care who gets it. I just want it to end. I just want somebody to get the Phoenix Force so we could get on to something else. And the something else seems to be Heroes Reborn with the tagline, what would happen with the world without adventures? I think we're living that in this book for three years. Seriously. So you end up with, at the end, Namor fighting She-Hulk. Looks like in, in Russia. Uh, you end up with Shauna fighting Red Widow somewhere. And the big one then at the end is Captain America. Versus Black Panther, and they're they're gonna fight and see who wins. And it says, no matter whose blood must be spilled today, the new Phoenix will be born to be concluded. So hopefully, it's just not pointing out like, okay, there's just this one last fight with Captain America and Black Panther because I want to know, you know, Namor, She Hulk, Shauna, but it just it's just nothing. It looks great. It looks fantastic. I mean, my score is going to be mostly reflected by the art because this story is a no-nothing story. I mean, just the idea that we get that cliffhanger a bit where, oh, my God, the Phoenix Force is Thor's mom. That just fell with another thud. I'm guessing the idea that it's a dupe or something. But even if it is, it just, it's nonsense, this is. And so with that, I'm giving it a 5.1. And five of that is for art, you know, <laughs> point one for story. And I don't know. I'd like to find some people who are really thinking this is great, that they're really loving it because I can't find anybody. But I'm going to go off to a book that I have liked. And I haven't liked it because of the tie-ins uh, that it has with The King in Black. That is kind of a side issue for me. I like it because it's fun. And it is the King and Black Thunderbolts tie-in. And it is King and Black Thunderbolts number three. And it's written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Juan Ferreira, letters by VCs Joe Sabino. Juan Ferreira, one of my favorite artists in the biz. Mayor Wilson Fisk has assembled some of the world's deadliest people for his newly named Thunderbolts team. Among them are Star, Taskmaster, Mr. Fear, and Batrock. 
their mission, save the earth from null and get rich or die trying. Recently, the team paid a visit to a very peculiar Norman Osborne at Ravencroft. Norman shared with Taskmaster his plan to rid the world of null once and for all. But the meeting was cut short when deadly symbiotes descended upon the prison. The Thunderbolts took their leave, recruiting a few inmates along the way. Norman's plan led the Thunderbolts to Jones Beach, where they found their secret weapon, the Sentry. Problem is, they only found half of him. They found the lower half. Well, this issue starts with them finding the upper half. Star ends up being able to track that signature and goes into the ocean and brings him out. Brings him out of the drink, she does. And with that, this book is all about the jokes, the little side quips, you know, that sort of thing, including as you start off with Batrock and Mr. Fear kind of making bets about different villains and stuff while they're sitting there with the feet and legs of Sentry actually propped up on a rock as if it's sitting there on the campfire at Jones Beach. One thing that I like is that I actually had a campfire on Jones Beach at one point myself, way, way back when I was a young lad. Well, you end up when Star comes up with the other half of the body, you get the classic jokes like Weekend at Bernie's because they are going to take the body. And and really, here's the plan. We'll get right to it. They're going into New York City proper. They're going to go up where that giant ball is. Assuming I'm assuming that's Empire State Building on the top of that. And they're going to go up there and they're going to blow it up. Uh, we had that ball and say the black uh, black cat tie-in where you had Dr. Strange there. This is kind of the hive mind where you end up having Null hanging out. That's what they think. They're going to go and blow this up by using the body of Sentry that ends up having, you know, eight trillion suns and using Star to blast it to set off the reaction and blow it up. The problem is if this is done, they're not really thinking things through. They're going to die. Everybody's going to die that's around here. This is something we find out that Taskmaster is well aware of. He's actually, in the meantime, leading them, duping them to do this for Fisk. And he is going to be paid handsomely. And then he can retire, go off, never have to do anything. And that's the deal. You go off and I don't want to see you ever again. You're losing the New York City privileges. Uh, But along the way, you have had this team come together. They have come together and become friends, teammates, all that stuff, even though they fight and bicker or whatever. But you can tell Taskmaster has realized that, you know what, the star isn't that bad. And Batrock, he's kind of a close. Nobody likes Mr. Fear, but he's there for me to laugh at is why he's there. Even at this point, the joke is that this team, the Thunderbolts even in general, that is the Marvel Suicide Squad. So at one point, they're talking about getting Sentry. They're going to take it. The, the joke is, what, are we going to weekend at Bernie's this? What, are we going to start singing? It's going to dance. And you end up Batrock because Batrock's like, oh, my God, you know, weekend at Bernie's is a great movie. You got like, oh, what are we going to, you know, make them dance? And Batrock's like, no, no, no. That was weekend at Bernie's too. Also, that film is not good, my friend. And I laugh because it's not. Uh, but you end up where. There's Mr. Fear. He's hearing this plan, what they're doing. And he's like, uh, Fisk put us together for this? The whole squad? It's suicide, right? And, that, and then he, we're a suicide team. And then it made me laugh. Mr. Fear is good for all of the jokes. They get back in their Ravencroft bus. That also has the other 
you know, inmates of Ravencroft that they saved from becoming symbiotes, including Figment, which you know Figment's going to become a big thing. You know, Figment's there for a reason we're going to find out. But you also have, like, Mr. Hyde, who at one point, when they end up, the bus breaks down. They have to get up and hoof it. And like, okay, everybody. And at one point, Taskmaster just says to start, we're leaving them in the bus. They're not involved. And she's like, well, they're going to die. And he's trying to make it work like, well, they would have died in Ravencroft if we didn't save them. So, you know, no fuss, no muss. We're even. And then he feels bad. He's like, okay, everybody, you're all on the team now. You're all Thunderbolts. And Mr. Hyde's like, I've already been a Thunderbolt. And it made me giggle because he was. Uh, You end up in this, which I really do like. And I love Juan. I already told you I love Juan Ferreira's art. A lot of leading up into this, you didn't really get the Juan you know, really doing his thing. And even though it's just a subtle deal, one of the things that Juan really likes to do is to do cross sections. He does it as panel layouts even. But in this, you end up having the bus and it's the cross section. And I really, really liked it as the bus breaks down. You see everybody in there. You actually see just symbiotes dead on the roof, stuff like that. And that's the sort of thing that I do love from Juan. As they just, like I said, they have to hoof it and try to get to this giant ball. And they're attacked by symbiotes. They fight them off at this one point, though. I thought that most of the team was well aware of of Star's power. She's blasted a couple symbiotes. She goes real ham here and ends up really blasting pretty much an entire army of symbiotes. Which, again, if you know the character or you were just reading this, you'll know that that makes her tired. She, her powers have to regenerate. All that stuff almost passes out. You know, there's some shade thrown great. The big hitter here is about to pass out again. She's like, screw you. But they do get to the bridge going to the building. And the bridge, they end up, you know, we're going to have to blast our way through because at one point there's people, you know, symbiotes on both sides. There's no way to turn. They need a plan B. They do get it. And they end up where. They get to the building. They're going to go up. They're going to end up trying to blow up this big giant null ball. And that's when you see Taskmaster kind of show his true colors and says to them, yeah, um, I'm going to stay here. You guys go up there, do your thing. I'm going to be the one to fight off the symbiotes as they come so that you it reminds me of Left 4 Dead. The video game where you end up on top of the building waiting for the helicopter. But he's going to stay there and he is going to fight all of these symbiotes off. Well, he calls Fisk after they all go in and they go up. He calls Fisk. He actually removes his false face because remember, Fisk said, I want everybody to be out there without masks, without the deal. And he did that. But we see that he was duping them with a false face as well. Throws that in the water and then says, you got everybody Everybody set up, you know, you're going to have your martyrs. And do I have my money? Great. Fist says, yeah, it's in your account. You can do this. Problem is, uh, you have Taskmaster. He ends up getting second thoughts because basically what's happening here. And it is a weird concept by the end, especially at the end of three issues. But it makes sense to me in the Fisk way. What he's doing here is setting up the Thunderbolts to make an attempt to destroy this null ball, to kill null. But he knows it's not going to work. But he knows that this is the only thing he can really do to kind of weasel his way in 
Maybe it will work, but also weasel his way in to show that he did something, to show that he was trying. And also at the end, it's like one of those things. I'm thinking that he does this. And then you have Dylan or who you would figure Dylan, but and Eddie, they end up killing Noel. Well, Fisk is going to jump in and pretty much do the classic, like somebody opening a jar and they can't. And then, oh, I loosened it for you. This is the I loosened it for you in my mind. Fisk just wants to get his thumbs in the cookie jar here when all is said and done and people are applauding each other for all the things they did. If Fisk doesn't do anything here, then people are going to say, well, what did you do? Now he could say, well, I formed this team. Unfortunately, they died in service, they're heroes, all this, and hopefully, you know, to him, that will show that he was concerned and tried to do something while he's just sitting, you know, in his office. Well, like I said, you end up having Taskmaster, he he has second thoughts. He goes up and pretty much yells, because Star's taken off now with the body of Sentry, which is kind of put together with pants and suspenders at one point was pretty funny with Mr. So she's going to go and she's going to do this, but you end up having Testmaster. If this happens, we're all going to die. I mean, here's the deal. This plan never was going to work. This was a dupe. This wasn't a thing. We're supposed to die. You got to stop her. And you end up having Batrock, who is the leaper. He ends up in in a real cool like way of leaping where he gets a running start. He's going to then jump and get flung up a bit by Taskmaster so that he can then launch off of the face and just crunches the face of Mr. Hyde. So he's like, this is the fastball special if it involves using Mr. Hyde's face as the pitching machine. Right, So he's there, boom, and he goes up and it looks great. I mean, the, the where you end up having Batrock grabbing, trying to grab onto you know, Star's leg as she is having problems too. She even says, I'm not as fast as these dragons. So she's almost getting eaten the whole time. Well, you end up in the, you know, way off with Fisk sitting there with Mary and he's watching. And, you know, it's like the most horrific 4th of July they seem to be looking at. I mean, I would not be out there on the terrace with all the symbiote goo all over the place. But they end up seeing the huge explosion. You end up having all this go down. And there you go. Ba-boom. And then they're like, oh, my God, the bubble's still there. Mary says, and this says, disappointing but predictable. I need to go get set up for this video before the damn Avengers take all the credit for killing Noel. So he wants to get his fingers into it. So he runs off. And he is legitimately announcing that the Thunderbolts are dead. This squad that he put together and tried his best to take down Noel, uh, while you then see the Thunderbolts show up. They show up. They're not dead. You end up having pretty much in the in the lead, Batrock, Mr. Fear, and Taskmaster come in holding the body of Sentry or at least the upper torso at this point. Ends up where Mary's like, what the heck's going on? Mr. Fear sees the monitor. He's like, hey, uh, what's going on? They're saying we died. We didn't die. Uh, after Fisk announces all of this, he ends up going and what are you guys doing? Well, how did the Thunderbolts live? Well, this was all a dupe by Figment. Figment made every, but that's the thing. In the end, they even point out to Fisk that everybody thinks what you said was true. I mean, we actually did the job for you. We just happened to live. Now with that, they kind of 
seemingly can't be seen by anybody since they were announced as dead. But again, I mean, how many people in the Marvel universe or any comic universe, you know, you see them die one day, they're walking down the street needing hot dogs the other. But they do end up, and this is the thing, this is like a, a possible ending where we could maybe get a Thunderbolts book, and maybe that's the ploy. Because Fist says, what are you, blackmailing me? Okay, listen, I'll send extra money, all this. You know, you'll be fine, just you have to disappear. You can't ever be seen here or seen by me again. Just get out of here. I'm like, no, 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 you must understand. You know, that's only our first week's salary, what you said. It was like $50,000. Okay, you're going to pay us that because we're now on the payroll because we are ready and willing to work. And it's, uh, the Thunderbolts will be ready to go to work. Yeah, Mr. Fear, I love this job as he's sitting there with the, you know, pretty much the corpse of Century. And yeah, you end with hopefully we'll get a book. I like this. I thought it was fun. Yeah, the ending was a little bit of a, eh, really, you're going to dupe us that way. But it does set up the idea of a, you know, undercover Thunderbolts team that really is supposed to be dead. So they can do a lot with that as well and have some fun with it because Mr. Fear is solid gold, especially with this team. I like Star. I like all the members of the team, even the ones that end up coming in at the last second. I thought that this was real fun. This one, not my favorite of the three. I think last issue was my favorite of the three, but I'm still going to give this an 8.3 out of... Ah, screw it. I'll go 8.5. 8.5, I had fun. I had a smile on my face. I like the jokes and things like that. Love the art. I love Juan's art, and yeah, I'm a fanboy, and I'm not going to pretend I'm not, uh, but if you don't like it, I guess you're blind, is what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> But we're going to go up now to talk about another book. I'm going to talk with Clay about a book that I have really been, he's really been enjoying. It's Power Pack. And it shocked me how much I've really enjoyed it to the point where I'm telling everybody to read it. Everybody I talk to, I'm like, hey, you ever tried Power Pack? And everybody really says, I mean, it's not, you know, crazy to have people, oh, I, I don't know anything about them. or I never read. Well, this is a book where you can jump in and learn and hopefully. After this mini, maybe we'll get a series or so. I doubt it. I don't know the sales, but I kind of doubt it. I'm not hearing a lot of people jumping on, but me and Clay certainly like it. So we're going to go off to that. But actually, now that I think of that, we're not going to jump into that just yet. I'm going to go off to some mail. Got mail from Kyle that I talked about earlier, and then we'll get to Clay. Do you have the time to drive me and Brandon line? It's all for the weekend show. Brandon lives in Buffalo. Now here's something to say. Yo, it's mail call. Ah, yes, it is mail call. Thank you, Wrong Churn. And Brandon does live up in Buffalo. That is Canada way, as far as I am concerned. And we haven't had mail in a while, so I want to give a big shout out and thanks to my man Kyle, who mailed in at Weird Science Marvel Comics at gmail.com. Please, everybody, if you want to mail in, that would be awesome. 
a lot of times when we get more mail, we'll have old Brandon here to talk with me about it. But right now, it is just me, myself, and I, as De La Soul once sang way back in the day. And it is Kyle who says, hey, Jim, and any co-host that may be with you. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Where's Eric? Where is Eric Shea? I felt like checking in as we inch towards 300 episodes of the Weird Science Marvel podcast. Crazy, huh? I know that at the beginning you were optimistic about a lot of what was you were reading at Marvel. How are you feeling about Marvel these days? Uh, the, the problem is, he'll get into this, the problem is right now it's just Event City and it is King in Black. And so the feeling right now, I mean, I'm talking, I'm sitting here down in my basement. I, I black mold everywhere. I'm just dying down here. Um, I'm not that enthusiastic with the majority of the books because the majority of the books are these weird tie-ins to King and Black. Again, I keep saying that I'm looking forward to King and Black number five that ends it, and I'm looking forward to the Venom part of the tie-ins, but that's kind of I've whittled down to just those just finished Thunderbolts, which I like, but I didn't even like it. As they say, King and Black Time, which is funny because that's what it is and that's what it's based on, everything with it. But I like the humor and the art. So I even push aside the actual part of the King and Black stuff as being, you know, my favorite deal. But I, when, I, when we first started, and legitimately, if you were listening back then or you go back and listen, I was really, really excited for books like a Captain America. That fell through for me. I really was looking to read the Fantastic Four. haven't really been enjoying that. I was looking forward to uh, Doctor Strange. Haven't been there. So with that, I think that how I can answer you, Kyle, is that a lot of the things that I was hopeful or optimistic about didn't really pan out. But in the meantime, they were filled in with stuff that I never thought that I'd love. Daredevil's my favorite book in comics right now. So if I didn't go into this Marvel stuff, I would have robbed myself of my favorite book, my favorite ongoing book. And that would be a shame. Also, enjoying and loving like a Miss Marvel, sadly, that ended. Sadly, I say for me, and like I said, when I talked about it, last 12,000 people reading it. But I really like that. I like Miles. I actually... I'm really enjoying the Marvel, despite not loving everything. I am enjoying learning more and more about the Marvel universe and finding little things that I love. You know, I before even we did it, I love Gabby, uh, and I want more of her. The New Mutants, it just doesn't feel like her, but still, I'm getting more and more of these characters that I'm finding out. Oh my God, where were you all my life? And it still ends up giving me that alternative to the DC stuff too. So when I end up doing this, and if you don't know, I have been doing a DC podcast for years upon years. Uh, At some points, the podcast was a weekly podcast that was 13 hours long, and that's no joke. So I needed something different and something new, and Marvel filled that. Now, Kyle, you're asking, and you're going to mention a little later as well, I've actually needed something else to be this sort of thing that I go from the Marvel and the DC, and it's become manga, which you will throw shade at later. We'll see. We'll see. And he says, I've been reading more Marvel lately and less DC because I just don't care for most of what DC is doing currently. And I hear that a lot, and it scares me, especially with a bunch of podcasts based on DC Comics. Infinite Frontier hasn't started yet, and I already feel like I'm already for a hard reboot uh i actually think that they should have done some sort of more of a reboot though 
when me and Eric this week, a little shout out to our DC Comics podcast that comes out on the regular feed on Sunday night, we will talk about the Infinite Frontier and I will talk about how it's more of a reboot than anybody is realizing. In reading more Marvel, it always strikes me how events feel like they consume a good chunk of the line and get cranked out constantly. There's something to me about the way DC handles events that ends up feeling a little less overbearing. And he says, is that just me? Now, later he, he emailed me then and said, I want to add that I'm writing this in when all of the books are shut down and we're doing Future State. But with that, I don't know that I, I mind. And you're right. And what I, I talking about it all night, the books that I'm talking about, not talking about. And even when that first Daredevil tie-in, when, when events hit like this, and especially this King in Black, there is, and I even did a parody, there's 50-plus issues. It's taking over all the books, and that sucks for people who aren't reading that. It's nice to have your book still go on. Now, with that, I mention it with Power Pack next. When we go back, me and Clay talking about Power Pack, there is that little smile on my face. While it says outlawed on the cover and drove me nuts anyway, but... At least we're getting something non-King and Black. You know, Strange Academy, non-King. Like, it's nice to have some books that aren't completely taken over. Now, DC, in the other thing now, they end up pretty much shutting down for two months if you're not involved with Future State. And what I find with that is a lot of people use that as a jumping off point. You really want to keep having more and more jumping on points. Jumping off points stink. You know, for at least people who are invested in all this and want to talk about it and have people listen and people are jumping ship. So we'll see how that all goes. But, yeah, he says it seems like you have caught up on the X-Men. How do you feel overall about the dawn of Hickman? I got frustrated this past week and I mentioned at the beginning I'm going back and trying to you know, learn. I actually thought it was going to be more of a, a jumping on point for me. And I thought that I'd be able at this point. 70 plus issues in of all the things that I've read uh, Have you know Some sort of balance you know get my Grip on things I'm so off balance Right now and every time And what really gets me is I talk to people And you know I end up having Jay from Canada my man Talks and it's like oh my god you know the Sex factor is awesome I'm like I, I can't Get into it it's just a lot of characters Talking to each other and I don't really Know the characters and I'm not getting much About it because it's like oh I dated that I dated this and he's like, yeah, but the characters are great. I le-. And I feel left out a lot. I feel like I am like, you know, looking in the window, peeping, right? I'm peeping in. I'm like, say the X books, they're all on the bed, jumping around and smooching. I'm looking in the closet. I'm looking out. It's getting sexy in here. But yeah, I end up with always feeling like I'm fighting my way through it, not enjoying it, but fighting, trying to and i'm struggling and i don't want to look like a dummy but i also don't want to fake the funk and just say where i hear a lot oh man it's awesome because it it harkens back to the good old days things like that yeah i got no good old days i'm miserable i'm a miserable jerk i don't have those i'm losing my voice now too because i'm getting angry so i like them overall it's almost like i said about the whole marvel line I'm enjoying reading the X books. I'm enjoying when I actually learn some things about the characters. I see some connections, but I always feel like I'm playing catch up when I want to play spicy mustard is what I want to play. And speaking of that, for some reason, my son, Logan, just ended up for the first time having Golden's spicy mustard legitimately said to me, it is a life changer for him and he will never be the same. I'm like, that is pretty much the most 
widespread spicy mo what are you talking about i know that i bought it before he claims no we never did it's changed his life it has he's inspired now uh and then he says every now and then i hear you mention that sometimes people say there's too much nonsense on the podcast yes we get that a lot actually i wanted to throw in my vote for more nonsense more nonsense well that's easy enough no offense to your very professional and technical reviews. <laughs> that was also the thing. You have to realize, Kyle, that I was starting to get upset because especially the DC one, I'm telling you, a lot of times I'm trying, like, you know, I'm here on the Marvel one just telling you what I feel and whatever. I'm not going to say I'm ever going to be an expert, whether I am a DC or whatnot, but I've had a lot more years of that. So me and Eric, on the, we end up, we get done a show and like, man, we really nailed that Suicide Squad review. I mean, we're going to get so many accolades. It's going to be the greatest. And then what I end up hearing all week is, man, the best part of the podcast was when you, Eric talked about having diarrhea. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's what you're taking from this? And, yeah, you know, I get upset. But he says that uh, the nonsense keeps him listening. And it's the personalities. And good times. Good times. Just like the show with J.J., which I love. As an aside, I've been listening to Weird Science podcasts, both Marvel and DC. You won't get me with this manga nonsense, he said. I'm telling you, you want nonsense. You want to hear complete and utter nonsense. Listen to at least one of the manga shows. Just a shout out. I have a manga show now, Weird Science Manga podcast with my man Luke Hollywood. But yeah, that's all nonsense. It's just, I, I don't even know what's going on in that. I just talk crazy. Uh, for a long time now And my use of the word nonsense has increased I do say the word nonsense a lot And you know why? It's because I like to keep it clean You know, when I say that's a bunch of nonsense I could come up with a lot of other words For that, you know, sometimes I go French With Zé Garbage, you know But sometimes I don't want to speak French you know? uh, It has increased by an unfathomable amount Hope you're doing well, and Jim that you are looking at COVID in the rearview mirror. I am not yet. Keep doing what you do. You son of a gun. That's that's an inside joke there that not a lot of people on the Marvel podcast would get. Just that. Keep doing what you do is such an insult to me. And you'll maybe, maybe one point we'll have like a little lesson. This is what that means. Uh, but yeah, Kyle knows what he's doing. He knows what the heck he's doing here. But yeah, uh, with the COVID, still can't taste or smell. And I have just pretty much a fever and a headache at all times. I had to go to the hospital and they checked, did some other tests and stuff like that. The one thing, though, is they were very happy that my lungs just sound kind of normal. And so I'm just kind of stuck with this residual nonsense, as we say. And it's getting a little frustrating. The headache is the worst. Uh, and the fever is okay. Just feel drowsy and groggy a lot. Sometimes it probably comes through on the podcast where I'm, you know, about to pass out like right now. But, yeah, other than that, everything's great. Everything is fantastic. And, and Kyle, you keep doing what you're doing, you jerk. Uh, but we'll end up now going to, and thanks, Kyle, so much for writing in. And we're going to go off to me and Clay talking Power Pack. All right, and I am here with my man, Clay. How you doing, Clay? I am doing a lot better. A lot better than some people, apparently, because I did not know this. Texas, somewhere out there, is uh, still having problems with power and water. That's crazy. 
I thought we were completely done with that stuff, but it's that still going is, on. That's nuts, and it sucks. So hopefully, you know, everybody gets back to normal. And speaking of power, even though I shouldn't segue from that into this book, <laughs> but we're here to talk about Power Pack, and it's Power Pack number four. And me and you have loved this book. And I just, every time I see that cover with the outlawed stamp, it gets me angry. But <laughs> kind of like the idea, I even said it with Black Cat. Yeah, Black Cat came back to be a King in Black tie-in, but at least we're going to get a book from it. I know that this is just a mini and it's going to end next issue, but maybe I should be happy that we had Outlawed because we did get this book. Maybe it wouldn't have happened without that. It's just a shame, but it did work. And and I think that Ryan North was able to you know, fashion a story a bit better than a lot of the other people who had Outlawed issues and books and full-out series. So I don't mind. Especially as we end this and we go off to a finale with Wolverine and Wolverine's on the cover of this kind of I I guess it's not really like duping anybody because he is in it. But it seems like next issue will be the big Wolverine issue. But you get some chuckles out of him. But Mm -hmm. it is power pack number four. It's written by Ryan North with art by Nico Leone. Colors by Rachel Rosenberg and VCs Travis Lanham on letters. And I'm not going to say again. He said it last time that there was no recap page. There is. It continues being Katie's recap page. And this one's real quick, but I really did like it again. It just makes me smile every time I read it. And I love the idea because I'm telling you right now, when I jumped in, I forgot all about Taskmaster, actually, because it's been a bit and whatever. And it did catch me up. And I love the idea that Katie being a little girl, her big thing is the idea that he copies off of everybody, you know, almost like a test. Oh, that guy, he copies off of everyone. And then you have her in this little drawing. Stop copying me. And then he starts. No, you stop copying copying me. me. (laughs) And it's so good. It it is actually really funny. And it gets you right up to speed. You know, Katie ends up using her powers along with Julie so they can end up tricking him into electrifying the fence and all that stuff. But they're stuck in tubes. The end. So we go into the issue. now. You have been saying that you would want to have some more, you know, narrated by one of the kids deals. And this is a Jack issue. He's doing the narration. I was kind of a little upset at the beginning. I mean, we get into it where the kids are, you know, getting out of the tubes. We saw the explosion at the end of last issue. And then when we get to this, it's cool. I'm liking Jack's now. And then we get to instagram slash youtube video slash things i was i was waiting i was wanting to know what you felt about all i didn't this. like it i didn't like it now first off mm-hmm. it was jarring uh i couldn't follow it exactly and really it is just like okay we're not going to show us escape because i understand that and i understand that you know you end up having ryan north using this as a shortcut to just say okay we want to get them facing off with the wizard we don't want to go through the exact but so okay but i barely could follow it it threw me off i ended up this is something that i always hate in comics i really do and the idea where it's like one of those things well you know we'll we'll put things in there so the kids will and i'm like "Eh, first off i'm not a kid and i just want to get moving now with that i got used to it And then we realize it's a dupe. It didn't happen. It's all in his head. He's imagining this because you end up having, you know, what's it called? Alex tell him he can't do that. Now, while we're going on with it, I actually didn't even get the idea because he would have been spoiling 
their identities. You know, they're, they're there just as them pretty much here. And so he would have done that as they're fighting the wizard. But when we go to it and he says, you know, I should have done that, but it was really not real. He says that live stream, in case you're wondering, is what I'd be doing if we didn't have to hide our identities. I'd have broken a million subs, no sweat, all that. And I'm like, it was just a dupe to give us that. And that kind of was like, eh, I don't know that we needed to spend that page and <laughs> confuse me and get me angry just for that. But again, it did kind of work. I knew what happened, but really, I just wanted to get to them fighting uh, the wizard. But even that, the fight with the wizard, it just kind of, you know, it goes back and forth a bit. He stole their powers. You're going to see that they still care for each other. You know, that that's their real power, the power of love, as Huey Lewis sang. And uh, but you even have Katie has a little bit. She's getting angry. Um, And I don't know. It it started to get to a point where I I realized, yeah, this is a fourth issue of five. The penultimate issues a lot of times in these five issue minis, they are just setting up the big, big confrontation for the fifth issue. And it does that. It also shows, though, that the kids, you know, are are having some other problems. There's like this thing about how like. The wizard's personality somehow yeah. got absorbed it into seemed them. It forced, right? It did seem forced. And I will say the narration of Jack sounded mm. nothing like Jack's character. No, no. It was I, a little I, too much. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I agree. I, I, I fully agree. And when you got the other characters, you actually learn more about them. We said it. Julie's especially. Remember, we're like, oh, my God, it shows that while she's this tough you know smart girl who tries to play off almost like the pseudo mom she actually has you know a lot of anxiety about it and she's she's Mm -hmm. worried all the time this just is jack smash the buttons and you know subscribe down here now i like some of the funny little things with his you know online tech talk stuff you know he has the the mr and miss mass mass like this whole nonsense of it with but it, you're right. It just felt like somebody playing up Jack. You know what I mean? Like, this mm-hmm. is what I think he would say. And it didn't have that that confident voice. And, and not confident voice of Jack itself, but the, the confidence of giving us what Jack would sound like. Because remember, Jack was, it, it's, it's centering so much on the online stuff and saying, oh, man, I could have a million subs. But Jack, to me, was like the typical boy, little boy with powers because he's, you know, the youngest boy. That he like he thinks he's the best. He was mad that Katie this, and he thinks that he could hang out with the super. And it just ended up just kind of feeling surface level with this, and just kind of pushing it. But yeah, when you find out that that stuff was a dupe, that really threw me off. But but with that, they're fighting, and I'll, I'll let you take over. But when they're fighting, and like you said, the idea is that when he took their powers, he accidentally got a little bit of himself. And his personality and his upsetness and anger and aggression in them. But then it plays off. Jack says, well, I must be great because it didn't happen to me only to let one of them be able to be in charge. But then that doesn't play out. It really I don't mind this issue by the end. But this whole thing seems like a bit of a misplay before we end it it here with the next issue off. And I I feel so stupid for like I was so pumped, you know, when you when Mm -hmm. you sent me the books. Uh, the review copies, I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm I'm so excited. Like I even said, I was like, sweet, Power Pack is this week. Damn right. I, I got excited. I I put on Twitter. I'm like, oh, man, you know, do you know it would be great for this? A Disney Plus animated series. And it that's would, even before actually. I even 
open the book. Yeah, and then I yeah. opened the book and I started reading and I was like, this is not what I want. <laughs> no, no. It, 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 and it, it makes me sad. <laughs> it really and there is this, and there's this moment where like, it looks awesome. It looks awesome. You see uh, little Katie, you know, she is like getting really angry and she shoots her energy burst at, uh, at the wizard. And, uh, uh, she misses, right? She, she misses and they're like, what are you doing? You could have like killed somebody. Yeah. There's workers behind. And she's like, Oh, well, I could, I could have killed him. And I'm just like that right there. Yeah. That moment. Although like, I understand what they're trying to do in the sense of, Oh, a little bit of him is in her. That was her strongest thing in the first two issues of like not being a gun not being a weapon. And so to kind of take that took me out of the book a little bit. It did with me too. And and I think it's a little misplay. Now you have Jack. Jack says, I feel fine. And then they're like, okay, okay. And then he says, well, it must be my awesome heroism stuff. It's an okay deal. But in my mind, I would have rather have had Katie. Now they're doing this because Katie legitimately is the most powerful. Her, her power ends up being the most destructive if it gets out of hand. So I understand the play, but boy, it would have been really cool if Katie, because she's so good and nice and not affected, and because she's a little girl, that she wasn't the one that the wizard was able to affect, while you end up having the other three older siblings getting more and more angry, and maybe even trying to force Katie. You know, all you'd have to have, and and you could play it out for a while, because seriously, if Julie ended up saying anything to Katie, like, Point the you know a fireball and destroy this building. You know something's wrong because Julie was the one who taught her that she wasn't a weapon. That she was, and yeah. it would have been really cool. So this ends up where it just happens, and then like boom, snap of the finger. Oh, I get it. He ended up giving us something of him. Wow, they would normally be pissed. I mean, when this is happening, I'm just saying Katie is a young girl who is pissed. Her one thing, her powers are gone. She's acting out. Whatever. But then to say, and it's too far, like you said, so okay, it it works a little. But the idea that they just are able to, oh, he must have given us something of himself there, it it didn't play out well. Now, the art is great, like you said. One of the funniest, and there's little gags and stuff in there when she ends up shooting the fireball that misses the wizard. It ends up blowing up a fork truck. Then she hits it again, really blows it up, and then the key comes flying over to her and it has a little Captain America keychain thing. I like that, but my favorite was they end up getting so mad and they're, they don't have powers, so they're grabbing things. They're throwing it at the wizard, and you end up at one point where they pick up, Katie actually picks up the wizard's coffee cup that has this is what an awesome villain looks like with an arrow pointing up. That's his almost like world's greatest dad cup. And it made me laugh. Plus, he uses, you know, lumps of sugar. And what is he, fancy? Lumps of sugar. But you end up with all of this going on. And you kind of get lost in a lot of this, this stuff because there's the idea where they figure out that the wizard can't control all the powers at once. Then he can, but he can't really, and he's off a little, but he has Julie's speed. I mean, there's a lot of things going on just for him to laugh at them and leave. After they try to hide, and they, they do confront him, start yelling at him, then just to insult the injury, he's like, yeah, remember that like fake 
energy we were making, that electricity. Yeah, it wasn't fake. And I sold that too. So I'm a millionaire as well as stealing your power. Sayonara, suckers. And, and he ends up leaving. And that's where, like you said, Katie is getting infuriated and almost kills this one woman twice. And she's still angry. Um, but you end up having Jack saying, yeah, I can kind of deal with this. I'm not that upset, you know, and hey, I'm going to calm them down. I like that scene where Jack then sits with Katie, who's just pouting. I mean, she even at one point, she's like, I still have power. And Jack's right. What she's doing could cause just an explosion and kill them all. I mean, she could have killed every one of them there, but it fritzed out. And then she's like, ah, and walks away and sits down. But I like Jack going over and it's like, yeah, you know, that, that thing you just did could have killed us. And she's like, yeah, and she starts laughing, but he's joking. And then I like when he calls her Katie Bear. Like, that's the weird thing. The narration of Jack off. I, I really think it's off. The dialogue, though, isn't. The dialogue's good. And he ends up, you know, and, and again, this is a family that isn't like a typical family that always, always hates each other, hates each other. They end up, you know, digging in, but they are 100 percent like a family and, you know, ends up saying, you know, you were pretty cool, you know, what we were doing and stuff. You don't have your powers, but we'll get them back, whatever. But, hey, you know, are you okay? And then she's like, I thought that that Aether was cool. You know, I, that's what she's upset. I think that that was a pretty good deal. This is where I start liking the issue again. Because the idea that she's not just upset we don't have our powers. She's like, well, that would have been a cool thing. That guy seemed cool. And then he was actually duping us, you know, like that. And they end up hugging and they're going to fix it and whatnot. Uh, but then it picks up. I mean, I'm telling you, the the look on Katie's face when Jack's like, I, I think that we might be able to find another mentor, you know, because she even says this whole thing. And she's right, too. This bullcrap is all because of that stupid outlaw. And, and they ended up duping us. And he's like, well, if we need a mentor. We can actually get a real one, like one that you're friends with that, you know. And she realizes that they're talking that Jack's talking about Wolverine. And the big smile on her face, like, oh, my God, are we going to do it? Even when she's on the subway train, she's yeah. still, like, super oh my God. excited. Like, yeah. I mean, Look at her. <laughs> I mean, that actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that is the perfect thing. And that is such a, like you said, an animated cartoon deal where she'd be like, really? We can do that? And then they show him where Julie's falling asleep. At, you know, Jack's looking at his phone. Alex's looking at his phone because they've been on the subway for a while now. And you see, she still has her mouth in a smile and her fists up. She's so excited. And, yeah, they go to the, the Krakoa embassy because it is Wolverine. And she did help Wolverine. And Wolverine said, anytime you need a friend, you know, you call me. I'm there for you. And this is where a lot of people, like, when I talk about, say, you know, and I'll, I'll bring up even Gabby in, in in the Marvel Universe, but say like a Damian Wayne, where and they're more – you know, kind of over the top. But somebody like Wolverine, you're used to him slashing and, you know, all that. It's so awesome when you get to see a character like that show that they have such a good heart and is there for Katie, this little girl, because he does come right away. But you take it from here because they go into the embassy to leave him a note. I even like that the, you know, get get it right where there are protesters outside as well outside the embassy yeah that was the one thing i was gonna mention that they do in fact like they're like oh this is new there's an embassy here i don't know what and you know what this is all about and you do see the people with all of their signs and pitchforks or whatever and they leave this note because they said that wolverine's not there (laughs) and it says dear mr wolverine we need your help it's the power pack i don't know how secure this is uh this is so just call us wait 
Energizer says you don't have our number. And then you see in Katie's handwriting, it says, uh, Wolverine, come see us, please. And And it's spelled like a little girl. It actually yeah. Wolf Vereen. It's so good. And then it says at the it says at the bottom, oh, that was Katie. Okay, please mentor us by the yep. power pack. Sign the power and, pack. And you know, you were totally right in the sense of like the bottom half of this book, the back end of this book really saves it. I'm yeah. not gonna say that this book it's is perfect great. by no, any means by any it. means. But the back end really was fun because they come home, like the parents notice that something is off. They don't want to talk about it. So they all kind of eat in silence. There's a knock on the door and the, uh, their, their mother goes to answer the door and she's like, okay, kids, uh, somebody at the door is waiting for you. And we see that it's Logan. We see that it's Logan. He, he is not dressed up in any type of hero costume or anything. He's just Logan. And he's like, uh, she says, oh, did y'all order a tutor or something? And they're like, yes, yes. It's a, uh, it's a tutor from like kindergarten to college. It's a very special tutor. We, we, we wanted to, you know, I think it was just a special thing that we could all have and it would be great. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> and, and <laughs> I love the interaction because it's the typical. First off, do you think that they did not, did they think that Wolverine was going to come or maybe that he wasn't because they don't have any sort of story prepared. They're just out of the oh, dumps. No, they do not have any story prepared. And that was probably the funniest it thing of this best. book is because they're like, Oh, well, uh, cause her mother is like, wait, you could afford like who, who paid for this tutor? And, and, uh, of course, uh, their Julie. older sister, Julie, Julie yeah. she was like, oh, well, you know, I, I did it, you know, because I just I love our family and I think it's something that we really needed. <laughs> and so and then Alex is like, oh, well, it's actually a freelance tutor and it's kind of a service. It's, a, it's an app, actually. Yeah. An app that's also a service, you know, yeah, and it, yeah. like each time they're, they're thro- trying to it's, it's great throwing right? things out there. Yeah. And I'm I just like, that. guys, you couldn't think about this like on the I way know. home, like just at all. Say on that long <laughs> ride home, hey, if he does come, we, because it is funny and it's it's the classic, like any. I'm not even going to say like a TV sitcom, but it's it's just a comedic classic of a bunch of kids coming up with this trying plan to get away with something. and trying to get away with it. So each time somebody says something, the other one has to jump in to make sure that it sounds right or doesn't go over the other. Because even at the one, I don't know why Julie yells because you end up having Alex like. Yeah, we used a freelance tutoring tutoring service, and then Julie goes, "App, y- yeah, it's an app that's also a service. Like that's the the play here, and it's so so funny to me, and so cool with that. Now, the other thing that I love that I wonder why <laughs> the parents don't say anything is the minute that Logan, and, and it's the classic too. If you're gonna do the classic cinematic deal, you're gonna introduce Logan while he's looking the other way. There's no reason for where he's positioned there, only so that he could turn around and make his deal. And Katie sees it's him and runs up and hugs him right away. She goes and gives him a big hug, and he's rubbing her head. No mention of, why is this tutor getting hugged by our daughter? (laughs) But it's so good, though, because even when it happens, they end up like, oh, my God. Look at when they end up saying, you know, the idea of there's somebody at the door when it rings. They all are there. And you have Jack and Julie almost look at us. Oh, crap. You know, Alex and and Julie. Jack is like, oh, my God. Katie still has her hands up in a fist (laughs) like she's so excited. And when they find out, she just goes there. And they're so 
excited about this and trying to do it. And then it plays off. And I, I do love the play of the parents as well because they are very, very smart. They are very smart people. Okay, that's they what I are, thought. They, they are, like are naive. They're naive as hell. And that's what you end up. And that's kind of the thing. And that's where you get the power pack are able to always play off because they just are glad they have good kids and they their minds it's almost like a reed richards where you go to him and you could say hey the your pants are on fire he's like yeah yeah i'm working on these quantum particles and stuff so when you end up having the dad i almost wanted him to realize something was going on i almost wanted this to be the part where you actually find out that they have known this all along i actually thought that when he says because he's like wait a second wolverine's there logan's there he's like I know you from somewhere. And he goes, oh, yeah, of course, Wolverine from the X-Men. And they're all just like, oh, my God. And you have the kids behind. Julie's like holding her head and the kids are trying to wave to Wolverine to tell him not to say anything or whatnot. And then he says, you look just like him. Man, it's uncanny. And then Wolverine goes, right, uh, thanks. I get that all the time, Bub. Oh, Bub, that's what he says, too. And he's so happy <laughs> about this. No, I really then, uh, And then the, this, next, this next panel when they're so like, great. oh, we didn't, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Like, what's your name? And he says, me, oh, I'm. And they're like, Professor Brucey Man's Worth. Yeah. yeah <laughs> just Professor Brucey Man's Worth. Yeah. And then they're like, holy crap. And then there's Jack with the narration. Now it's getting better with even the narration. Where it's like coolest name i've ever heard it's <laughs> professor brucey mansworth because they're each trying to say i actually thought he was just going to say he was Prof- charles i actually thought he was going to go with that like uh professor charles xavier something like that but that would have really thrown things off but the idea though is that you end up then the dad's like dr james power pleasure to meet you james oh call me brucey brucey <laughs> and he plays along yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i like it. he's like, call me brucey and it's so good. But it, again, it, it gives you that deal where you don't often see what, and it's a, this is a goofy miniseries. I mean, me and you really do like it, but I understand that, but it gives a opportunity to see Logan in something that is so off of his normal deal. He's such a fish out of water dealing with kids and their parents in this dupe thing. And I thought it was really, really good. And I thought it was hilarious when he ends up being Professor Brucey Mansworth because all of them jump in with one thing. I thought it was crazy. And also, again, the parents are so oblivious. I mean, just the idea of like, look at him. He does, He's rough looking even without any sort of costume on. But they go up then. And I love, too, that when they go up because, you know, they get Wolverine up to speed on things. Hey, we got our power stone and whatnot. Uh, I love that Wolverine like goes into the room and he's got to get comfortable. He takes off that jacket. Now he's full out Wolverine. I mean, it even looks like he gussies up his hair a little bit more (laughs) to be Wolverine. (laughs) And again, they're there. The kids are around the table. You have Katie like drawing out plans and things. And they say that everybody came up with a plan. Wolverine adds to it. Wolverine says at one point, listen, usually people call me to, you know, to, to slash things to use you know my, my claws uh is there something like that for you to do and like yeah yeah i think there will be and uh, i even like that even earlier when you ended up having jack mentioned you know hey we can call the guy with the knives for the in his hands and it, it's so cool because again this is why i love the the younger heroes even when they've had their powers off, but when they do get to meet you know, this happened recently in Strange Adventures, when, or, or Strange Academy, I always get it mixed up, when you end up having Thor, 
there and emily's like oh my god oh, that's yeah. store it's god i mean i love these moments but i also love that wolverine is not treating this as any bit of a joke you know he's not like oh listen step aside i'm gonna come up with the plan he's adding things to it you know and they end up and it's like it could work it really could we could fix this we could save us and the rest of the world all we need is a little help a little faith in the power pack all we need is a superhero team up with Professor Brucey Mansworth. And then schnick, you get the claws and he's like, I'm in. And they are they love look at their reactions to the claws too. They're just like, it's Oh great. my God. And they're ready to go. And it looks so great. And the the with again, I'll keep going back to you saying this animated deal because it is an animated type look overall and I love it. Even Wolverine, big Wolverine's, you know, Popping the claws and I'm like boy he looks So cool there he looks so cute look at Him uh, but yeah it's it's really Cool and again I Said earlier was it a bit of a dupe To put Wolverine on the cover it's not But he comes in near the end But boy it's worth it because it Really Ella if, if this Would have been just them in that warehouse With that stuff this would not have been a good score For me but it ends up doing What it needs to because the back end's good And I can't wait to see what this plan is and what they're going to do and, and all that. Also, I'm telling you, I love the idea of when thinking in my head, how Wolverine's going to say goodbye to Katie and be so nice and stuff. It, it ends up, if you haven't read a lot of stuff and I always bring up Gabby because I love Gabby. Well, when Gabby teamed up with Deadpool was one of the greatest things ever because you're expecting like awful stuff, but it actually showed you how much heart both Deadpool and Gabby had uh, with each other. That was great. So yeah, I'm telling you, talking about it, I got a little more excited than I thought I was going to by the end because just the, the whole deal. But you can't take away from that, you know, online nonsense that really was of the mind. It was the imagination of Jack. And then Jack's, you know, narration at the beginning was off. Uh, anything else you have to say about it? Yeah, no, it's just, you know, I was a little disappointed with it being such an anticlimactic, like, beginning technically mm-hmm. because of the cliffhanger it we was. got at, at the end of the last issue. Uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit more than, than what it ended up being, but I understand that this was basically the, like you said, the, the penultimate issues for Marvel are usually set up. They usually, Hey, let's quickly get rid of what we were in mm-hmm. so we can move on to where we're going to be at the end. And I, I enjoyed majority of the back end of this issue to where like, it ends on a good note. Yeah. And I think that's where Ryan North wanted to be. He, he wanted to be like, okay, we definitely need to get Logan in here. We need to have all these shenanigans go on in their household. This is what people are going to most likely going to enjoy throughout the entire issue anyway. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I was going to go low with this issue. I was, I was somewhere in the sixes. Uh, that's where probably, I was. Probably gonna break a seven. Um, I I could push this up to a seven five now. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna go up to ending. an eight. I'm actually gonna. I was about a six five if things continue with the deal. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to an eight. But I agree. I agree with you that I was thrown off. But then I have to give it some kudos because it got me back in in a big way. And it wasn't again. This is the idea. And, and you could sit there and, and I even ended up where I have my sound effects that I don't use often. But you can sit there and say putting Wolverine on the cover. OK, I get it. Oh, but yeah. but yeah, the sure. idea isn't just him showing up and being Wolverine. That's why I thought it was better. It's showing up and, and being different around the kids. But the kids being the things that wanted it like it didn't feel 
as forced as say the idea that they're angry because you know there's the force part and then getting wolverine but also they kind of got away from that angry bit after it was said like once katie ends up a boom i'm I'm gonna blow that and then they're like okay let's go on and you could go with the idea like is getting wolverine more of the angry that like that whole deal and whatnot but I just well, I, that- I also think it was kind of like you basically once they acknowledged that it was happening, they were able to like stop it. Yeah. Yeah. From, yeah. Like, they were able it to stop being that angry. They were, it just seemed weird to just have that out of nowhere just for that little one thing like, hey, Katie's pissed. And then you kind of move away. You know what I mean? It just seemed like yeah. a weird trope that got thrown in, though. I am really expecting at some point Wolverine to go a little bit over the top. In the next issue and almost kill somebody And Katie's like whoa 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 the hands are For helping and I really want her to Do that <laughs> I really want Wolverine like To respect her and stuff like that Because it seems that he does you know Have an affection for her but Even little things that you mentioned like That note just made me laugh it Really did it made me laugh when they left that Note and then Katie has to get in and start Writing stuff in it too and so Yeah I'm gonna go eight you're going seven Five yeah I'm gonna yeah. go seven Five I I understand. I have high hopes for the ending. Uh, I'm not going to have too much of like high. I'm not going to have high expectations, but I am going to have high hopes. I I don't know if that's contradicting, but uh, you're cautiously optimistic. I think. Yes, actually, I'm going with the idea. I think that me and you both had this. The series was just a surprise. And I think that this is pretty much like we're now in, you know, free time for me that it's a book that I've enjoyed so much and never thought that I would. So it's bonus. And and I'm enjoying it so much being a bonus. And maybe that lets me be a little more optimistic about it overall. Maybe it lets me kind of let some things that would really drive me nuts and other things uh, go because I never expected that we I didn't expect us to be talking at issue four or five. I actually thought we were going to do the number one. And just saying, eh, let's move on and eh, let's Stupid check out the out two. Mod. Yeah, and stump the, and yeah, the, the idea that I can go into this and not even mention it, except when I see it on the cover every time I do mention it then. But it just, yeah, it really is something that was really, really cool and fun. And, you know, when you're in the middle of everything King and Black, it's nice to have these things. I said that before, too, like a strange academy is nice when that pops up because that's not involved. And there's not a lot not involved in that King and Black right now. And it's tough. But uh, before we leave, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me at Fanboy Clay uh, on Twitter. Uh, where you can find all my other shows being uh, the Batman News Weekly podcast that should be coming back pretty soon. Okay, yeah. uh, the Comic Book Legion podcast, uh, of course, this podcast and sometimes the Patreon, as well mm-hmm. as the uh, Ranger Alliance podcast on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. And if you are interested, uh, I have been posting a lot about it. I did open an Etsy shop. Yep. And created some really cool Zack Snyder's Justice League cups. I know this is a Marvel podcast, but you know there might be some fans. Um, I, uh, the <laughs> the Etsy <laughs> shop is uh, in fact in my link tree uh, on Twitter, and you can go check them out over there. Yeah, and the link tree will also be in the show notes, so uh, check that all out. And that will be me and you. I'm going to go off with a uh, Brandone and. Brandone gets stuck with King and Black stuff. That is his lot in life. He's angry. I ended up sending him the list of what we were going to be talking about, and he got really, really angry about it. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to go off to see 
what he has to say about those books right about now. And I'm here with Brandon. Here's Brandon with me, where we're going to go through yet another King and Black tie-in. Brandon, you're the King and Black guy. I'm going to lean on you to give me all of the info for these King and oh, Black yeah. deals. And is this is Gwenham versus Carnage? It's Gwenham versus Carnage three. Uh, it's written by Sean McGuire, art by Flaviano, colors by Rico Renzi, letters by VCs Ariana Mayer. And I'll tell you right away, uh, me and you at points had been Flaviano fans. He ended up doing the Soska sisters, Black Widow, and we really like that. This he gets real wacky. He gets really uh, wacky and over the top with it. <laughs> yeah, but, he does. Oh my god, a goodness. little too over the top. It is a little over the, the top. The giant Here's, pink axe that has no yeah. sort of texture or anything no, to it is, no, is just, super ugly. There's, there's all so sorts crazy. of things going on. And here is the write-up. Here's the deal. Gwen Stacy of Earth-65 was originally an average high school student bitten by a radioactive spider imbuing her with spider-like powers. Now, she's an Empire State University attendee with a synthetic symbiotic suit of spiders that mimic her original powers. She protects her city of New York as the haunting ghost spider. No, big bad god of the symbiotes is launching all out assault on Earth, connected to his armies through a psychic hive mind. One of these symbiotes has clung to unwilling host Mary Jane Watson of Earth-65 and has staked a claim to the name Carnage for some reason. Not really sure. The symbiote has cranked Mary Jean's emotions to 11, and they plan to bring destruction in a major way. And and with that write-up, that sounds like every one of those stupid solicits for death metal. <laughs> We're going to crank it to 11 as we, you know, go with the, the heavy music, whatever. But you end up with this. The problem with it is you had three issues. The first one was a bit of a mess, right? And yeah. it was so good. But then the second one, okay, it was a little bit. But there's no real focus. It's just Gwen and MJ swinging around New York City. And after last issue, it's basically, oh, no. And and even that, remember the idea. You end up last issue with a kind of a personal deep dive in the idea. Is this Mary Jane upset with me for all the times I've dissed her and our band falling apart and me like, or is this the carnage symbiote? But then the no, like it was really that. It was just okay. So we're gonna have the. But now it just gets back to, this isn't Mary Jane. This is <laughs> no. I'm just gonna chase around some more. And so you end up with three issues that each one feels so disjointed with the other that I, I just this one ends up just being 
I mean, just think seriously. I, I say to you, listen, me, you like, you know, Gwen, you know, all yeah. this, you know, and MJ, all She's that. You're, you're aware of that. You know the backgrounds, all that stuff. So I'd say, hey, they're going to have a book that's it's Gwen against Carnage. First off, you'll say, okay, I'm in Carnage. That's but but get this, Carnage is actually Mary Jane. From the six, well, that's no, you're that, that's me. weird, and <laughs> she's a combination of like a symbiote from No, but also the the radioactive spiders from marriage. Uh, you know, Glenn, you get that. Then, if I told you, you get this for the finale issue, Mary Jane with this whole idea of carnage, No, you know, living spiders that are radioactive. She goes off to Madison Square Garden and has a battle of the bands. You're like, what is going Sign on here? Sign me up. Yeah, because that's what this ends up as. <laughs> it ends up as instead now of Mary Jane Carnage chasing down Gwen, trying to kill her, while you end up having the idea, is it Mary Jane or the symbiote, but mad and really mad enough to kill Gwen to this issue, having Gwen just chase down Mary Jane who gets away on on a on a dragon and then having Gwen say I get it she's so mad about the band I think that she's trying to form one I mean with the idea of all the crap going down right now around her in New York City that she comes to rival bands. realization of <laughs> she's just here to make a band to get me mad and then goes off and then says, well, Mary Jane, you know her. She doesn't go uh, small. She comes bigger. She doesn't come at all. She must be going to uh, Madison Square Garden because You're where else would she right. go? <laughs> That's where she is. And, and just the idea of this, of first off, seriously, if you're going to play this right, you best end up having this Mary Jane Carnage symbiote deal going around and turning so many. You need those stands filled with just symbiotes just have a packed house they, they're there no oh you know standing room only and then that does even lead to maybe a little more exciting of a fight at the end and trying to get her out of there but instead you go into the cavernous madison square garden because mary jane needs a big venue to seemingly have that just little small and she's, she's taking over just random people on the yeah. way in there. Like she, they have no music skill as far Maybe as I know. Maybe she had a tryout. It's like, okay. Uh, and and she, she started out and she's like, okay, I'm going to make people symbiotes. Where's Eddie Van Halen? Oh, he died? Okay. I have to get the next best deal. And she might end up getting, I don't know, Eric Johnson, who you might not know. But I don't know, you know any of these people. Joe Satriani's there. He's there a symbiote go. now. Sure. And then she's like, okay. Who are we getting on drums? Neil Pert. Oh, he died recently. A lot of greats have died recently. Okay, let's get, I don't know, somebody. I'm not big on drummers, I'll tell you. And then just get some random bass player because who cares about the bass player, friend? This is my talk from when I was in the band. You know, who cares about that bass? But yeah, you end up where, like you said, she randomly makes people symbiotes, but now they're going to perform, but what is this performance? It doesn't make any sense. No. It's just ridiculous. Well, and, then, and, and then Gwen pulls the drummer off the drums. Like, you, Travis like, Barker I thought we were having will get a battle of a band here. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you can't just interrupt the first band's performance. No. That's not how it works. Know, I've been I didn't in know some what battle was going of the on with this battle of the bands, and mm. none of the art helped you like interpret it either. You know, you're, you're just who, like, who here? Every time you all know. that pink stuff was everywhere, that 
Carnage was doing that, right? Or was that Gwen? I it couldn't was, even figure it, that here out was the for deal. the most it part. Is, it is MJ doing it, and that's the way that somehow if you ended up getting entangled into that, that's the way that Noel gets to you. But yeah, mm. they're, they're going to have a battle sure. of the bands. Battle of the bands. But if this was the thing set up at the beginning, I, I think you could have had some fun with it. Like all of these don't have to be dark. Thunderbolts is one of my favorite ones that I'm going to be talking about uh, this episode. And that's not anything but fun. So if you're going to have a battle of bands, go all out and do some stupid things and stuff like that. I just want to point out that I have been in a couple battle of bands and maybe the only one listening right now or talking that actually has lost two battle of the bands in one day. We <laughs> <laughs> lost two in one day. Uh, but yeah, you end up where so they, they didn't. And it was funny, too, because we ended up doing these and we were just a cover band. I thought we were pretty good. But we ended up getting beaten only because of some real, like, crappy original bands. But they they were terrible. And I'm telling you, this was nonsense. But, yeah, so you, you go into this. I'm still angry, actually. But you go and, again, you've put behind the, the idea of Last Issue where you had that personal connection. Is Mary Jane mad at me or is that the symbiote to just basically – being a goof here it's really a goof when she goes to madison square garden with like you said the one person's like just some rando that's there get the hell yeah. out of it you don't gotta work the place to shut down get out of there yeah yeah really just there all this time while mary jane was out and about and like cats got you even that felt weird why, why wouldn't you say like Come here, tiger, even though it still not makes sense. But the only thing you get in a little bit of a personal thing is that, you know, Mary Jane says you always leave us behind and you're the one who always wants the spotlight. You ended up getting rid of our Peter because, you know, he started to become special. You didn't like that. You have to be the hero, the only hero, and you let him get killed. That's obviously that's not what happened. Uh, what I think, though, is. I think that some people reading this are going to be way confused about what's going on, especially when you do end up kind of getting away. Yeah, you mentioned the six five, but you get away from a lot of that in this little mini. And then out of nowhere, it changes again when the Battle of the Bands is going to happen. You end up with, you know, going back to the spiders on you are, are radioactive. I'm immune to the, you know, the radioactivity. You're not. You're going to die. And then that because you know, like everything is just thrown at you, then forgotten and thrown at you again. And that is a big thing that that should be something where we have seen maybe this Mary Jane Carnage symbiote, you know, throwing up green goo like in that Spider-Woman book back, back at the first issue. But we haven't seen. Yeah, we haven't seen anything. Then you end up where we're going to have, I mean, one of the most confusing and awful looking concerts I've ever seen. And boy, I've been to some bad concerts. I mean, really, I have seen a lot of I, you know, nonsense. And yet, this looks like somebody went with the silly string, ended up it's getting like they're this at an girl. ICP show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? How how can it's like one of the early Beastie Boys shows where you'd end up with the big cock coming out of the thing? But how is this person playing the drums? May That's I a ask? Good when time she's is tied what up. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's only then. Mary Jane, who's thrashing around with her made-up guitar, I, I don't know if any... I, the funniest thing to me is that this is all going down, and it's not making any noise at all, and it's it's the most ridiculous-looking thing. Again, she goes into Madison Square Garden, which is huge, and they're just all the way in the back, like all the way to the front of the stage, but 
this isn't quite the show that I think Mary Jane would be wanting. You know what I mean? Or is this because at most of this, we get Null talking. When you end up getting the red thing, that's Null. Is is Noel just got something that when he came to Earth, one of the things he wanted to do was play Madison Square Garden. It is a big thing. I mean, this is a big thing in somebody's career. Is this, this is what Noel? List, yeah. This is all. Yeah, he's crossing out the things on his bucket list. Play Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, it said play sold out show. He had to scribble that out because it's not. <laughs> but again, if you would have ended up having all of a sudden these symbiotes, almost like the Walking Dead, show up for the show, I think that would have been kind of a, a better twist to it. Um, but yeah, like you said, what what is going to be able to save the day? Well, what saves the day is Gwen untangles this girl who isn't drumming. I mean, she's almost a mummy there. And then one, two, three, let's go. And they start having it. And it is like everybody has probably seen, you know, the videos of drum offs even. Like you, you end up having Dave Grohl has the drum off with that cute little girl all the time. You know, yeah, hey, yeah. let's do it. I think like it was Mandy or something. But even so. But this is the I'm going to play drums and you're going to play back at me with the guitar or whatever the hell you have there. But what is that? You know what? And then you end up with Gwen seemingly saying, well, what I can do is use the sound to dissipate the symbiote. So then I can get back my spiders, which then like it's all it's such a one plus one equals seven. And the idea that we've already set up that the symbiotes that came into this and the stuff that's being created does not get affected by sound the way that they usually do, neither uh, fire either. Again, this was a big thing because Johnny Storm, that's how he got cat. He thought he could just be the be-all, end-all, and he wasn't because of that. But with the sound is one thing. We already saw in the planet of symbiotes, Hobie, Prowler, slash Hornet, he's able to dissipate everybody, save everybody with iPhones. I think this is worse. You're in the cavernous Madison Square Garden and you're going to start playing the drums at somebody who obviously is playing a loud guitar at this. You see (laughs) the effects from the guitar. Like, why isn't the guitar, if the guitar sound isn't able to do it back at MJ, how is a just an un- Miked drum set in the middle of a cavernous deal is going to do it. It's like, look at me, I'm on the toms. I mean, what are you doing? Playing Moby Dick here to try to get this out? It's so ridiculous, this whole concept. It made me giggle when I started thinking about it. But the art just falls apart. The art is just while the battle of the bands going on. I think Flaviano's having a little fight with the with the inks and and the, the colors. They're spilling <laughs> all over the page. It looks as if yeah. you have just been like, his watercolor experiment failed. You yeah, know, you're you're getting so well. you're getting that idea, like you said, an ICP concert. But this is the ICP concert the next day when everything Fago everywhere. I mean, that's all this looks like. You spend, <laughs> you know, the sodas everywhere and the clown makeup and nonsense. They have the, uh, all that nonsense going on just to then have, Oh no, I don't feel good. And then it, it looks like this crazy new mutant that you ended up getting in the new mutants book that this Mary Jane carnage turns into. And believe me, it was a monstrosity then and it is now, but then it just ends <laughs> up. The spiders come off her. The Fago dissipates, right? She has hopefully won the juggalette contest. Yes. And, and she Tried is able to do something just awful to, for that. To do that, I was just going to say the shirt probably wouldn't be on here, but maybe somebody put it back on. 
favors. I don't know. You know, <laughs> Violent J somewhere he's smiling. I don't know what's going on. And so you end up with all that going on to have Mary Jane passed out. And Gwen pretty much, I'm going to get you know, and you're not going to be able to stop us. And Mary Jane's okay, and i got to figure out how to fight a god. And then you get the classic, classic trope of horror movies. Mary Jane opens her eye, and the one eye has no in it. I'm like, really? Like, what? Well, what are we going to do next? I mean, seriously. You know, next they'll be yeah, you know, riding motorcycles now, off the Sturgis. I, I don't gonna, know what else. You- they're going to bust out their sixth grade recording devices and have to have a, a flute battle next Damn year. right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> a recorder. <laughs> Somebody's doing a little down, down home, uh, you know, harmonica. <laughs> they're doing they're something a, I don't like, want any part please of. Please stop. Please, this this is why this band never never made it in this earth. Because this earth here, Mary Jane, we got taste. <laughs> not your nonsense <laughs> earth where you're you're big. But yeah, so oh, it's just goofy. Very good. Yeah, and I, I wanted to have fun talking about it. We did. I ended up being able to uh, express my unknown and actually upsetting knowledge of at least surface level ICP. That only comes from Eric. I, I don't, yeah, I've never I was just going to say, Eric's going to have to fact check our well, ICP knowledge here. I've never thing, been to though, an ICP show. He has talked to me so much about his ICP-dom uh, that it's all kind of osmosis in. It's basically yours now, yeah. Legitimately, at one point, he really was trying to get me to get in the ICP. It did not work. It's okay. What I know more about ICP is when they first ended up going on Howard Stern and he just made fun of them. But uh, yeah. besides that, <laughs> the last laugh was theirs, actually. I mean, they really took that and well, went They with made it, more so. money than I'll oh, yeah. ever make. So, well, they yeah, realized. They, they were pretty the much, bank. in my mind, the rap version of Kiss. They realized that it's the merchandising that's going to make you the money and stuff like that, and they did it. So good with that. They're like a Kiss, a rap version of Kiss and the Grateful Dead. People follow them around and buy their merchandise. And you know, and actually, they, they did get better. They Dave Matthews. I Drug up, shows. Yeah, really. There you go. Yeah, really. Dave Matthews. <laughs> People don't talk about Dave Matthews much anymore. There's no, not a lot don't. of talk to him. But yeah, that's that. But it was goofy. Ends up with the battle of the bands. Uh, and, and that, I mean, yes. really. So, well, no, uh, Dylan needs to take a giant drum set right to Noel's face yeah. and, and just giant start hammering away. Set. That's what he does. Just, just get a well, little we're going to need a bigger I mean, drum set than the I'm little one you. it took to be Carnage, I would think. I don't I don't know. I'm putting yeah. one, and, one and two together here to get three. I'm but telling we'll, you, we'll at see. the end, Taylor Hawkins comes out and he wins the day. I'm like, really? He He's the drummer of the Foo Fighters and a hero? Because <laughs> that's all they need to do. Start gathering up drummers and, and iPhones and you'll win. You will beat no. It'll just be a big drum off. That's all you need. End up really. What I would do right now is get Tony. I mean, the guy's busy turning things into everything else with his extremist armor. Just have him build a giant speaker and play the beginning of When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin, and you have solved everything. All yes. of the world is now free. They're all done. That's it. That's all you need. Problem uh, you solved. Know, or any Black random Rush song, I guess. But I'm telling you, I think that the bass of the When the Levee Breaks would do it. That would be probably the best intro that you can have to get this all sorted out. Please do it. And with that, I'm going 5.5. I don't really yeah, know why I'm going that high. Five. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't I even I like, yeah, like much to do with this. Because the art fell apart, too. Yeah, I, I, I should just go 5, straight up 5. Is what I'm going to go. So that's that. That's the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed us 
talking about music and our limited knowledge of. So that's it, yes. everybody. Thanks a lot. I'm a rap fan. I don't, I don't know anything about anything. Yeah, listen yeah. to you. You're, you're like your own person. You're, you're into the East Coast, West Coast rap war while you're up there in Buffalo, Canada. I mean, really, you have to love Drake. He's one of your brethren no, right there Drake up in is, Canada. Yeah. You oh, do yeah. like Drake, right? There's a few Buffalo shouts out, shout outs in his song. I got to like Drake. Really? Yeah. What, did he go there to buy beer or something? Or is no, it the opposite no. he, way? He used to listen to 93.7, which is a Buffalo radio station. They also get in Toronto, so he'll shout that radio station okay. out in a few That's of cool. songs. That's yeah. cool. Quiet Storm. Yeah, my like my claim to fame with, uh, with rap is I actually watched a, uh, a homecoming football game with De La Soul. That's all I've ever done. That was pretty cool, right? Uh, But yeah, everybody, that's that. If you want to go and follow us over there on the Twitters, it's WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And you can ask Brandon about other shout outs from Buffalo. There, yeah. There's so many. I think that I remember Griselda a couple of Bon Jovi new, songs, Griselda right? Griselda is the new band. Yeah, oh, you don't I, listen to Bon Jovi. I thought it was Bon Jovi who gave no. you a shout out. No, he's uh, banned. Yeah, he's banned. That music also, is not played in these parts. Yes. Yes, so we also exist. have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where you can go news, previews, and reviews, and then you can go to our old Patreon to help us out, patreon.com slash weirdscience, but also get a ton of shows. Me and Brandon this week have already recorded part of our spotlight, which was America Chavez Made in America, number one. We ended up talking about that, and then also including that is me talking about the Avengers Mech Strike. The book that everybody's talking about. (laughs) Everybody's got that one on the. But at least it end up with a uh, spotlight with actually two books that aren't King and Black Tie-ins, which I do believe it was Forrest Pauly who was ending up praying that we'd have something with no King and Black books. Thank God. Someone's got a a mind they're using over there. And at least this this podcast this week here, it's going to be half because we're skipping a lot. This is what happened. Really, with the uh, War of the Realms, we thought that we were going to be all in, and we weren't because we stopped caring that much about the tie-ins, at least, right? So oh, yeah. it's the same thing. And now next we get Heroes Reborn, all that. We'll see how far we last with that. Though that seems a little more compressed, or at least only dealing with its own little thing. And but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what they throw at always, us. I we guess, always right? wait and see. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Brandon. Yes. And we will talk to you later. Later.